Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Fighting on Film podcast. The podcast all about classic and obscure war movies. From the Normandy landings to the days of chivalry and swords, if it's been captured on film, we're going to try and cover it. I'm Robbie of RM Military History. I'm Matthew Moss of Historical Firearms and the Armourer's Bench. Hello, welcome back to Fighting on Film. We all hope you're enjoying Masters of the Air. And uh, we have a review series that you can go and listen to now covering episodes one and two. Um, and then uh, by next week's episode of the regular show on Wednesdays, episode three will be uh, nearly out. However, this week we are back with the Patreon pick, the film chosen by our cast members over on Patreon. And it was a close call on the vote this month, Matt, with Murphy's War just pipping 1964's The Thin Red Line with 37% of the vote. And also... That's wild. Wouldn't have yeah. guessed that. Exactly. No, it, it was it was so close. Um, I think the other two movies we had were Jack Boots on Whitehall, the uh, the animated one that you picked, and uh, War Machine, uh, the Brad Pitt satirical take on right, the American occupation of Iraq. Mm. Yeah, Afghanistan, I think. Yeah. No, so, what I, what made you choose Murphy's War for this week's? Well, this month's. Yeah, it was my pick. pick. So I've always, I saw it years ago. I think I call it on like ITV or Channel 4 or something. And all I remember was seeing a guy fly through the fly in this seaplane and mm -hmm. attack a U-boat. And I switched channel. And I don't know why, I just did. Um so I never saw it right, so in its entirety. Be, so I always remembered it. Then. I always remembered it. And then I think it got a Blu-ray release a few years ago. And I've always right. thought the art of O'Toole's face with the hat on always mm -hmm. looked really cool. So I've always wanted to do it, and that's why it was put on there. And Matt's yeah. back from Shot Show, everyone. So he's he's with us again. Yeah, clever scheduling. You never yeah. you never knew. You see, you see, Rob held the fort, so you're like no one will I have did. known, other than the fact yeah. that we mentioned it like twice. <laughs> yeah, and the, the, the loads of tweeting you were doing. Oh, I'm in Las Vegas. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, 
no, it was a good trip. Good trip. Lots of interesting stuff seen. Um, Great. Some interesting firearms and military stuff. Um, so it was it was worth the worth the sixteen hour traveling. Crikey. Lots of Yeah. war movies watched. We hope on the plane. I. You know what? There just wasn't that. For once, there wasn't a very good um, choice in terms of war movie underrepresentation. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh dear. They didn't know they had one of the UK's consummate war movie reviewers um, on their plane. Or well, they They weren't sort ready of, for me. Yeah. they sorted you something out. Um, Rob's like, watch, watch Murphy's War in the plane. I'm like, I doubt they're going to have I was that. adamant they'd have that on Delta Airlines or whatever you were on. Um, but as we should actually mention that it is free on Prime Video in the UK um, Yeah. for UK listeners to watch if you have a Prime account, which is good. Um, no affiliation, just you know, letting you know where you can find it. So, Matt, you're on cast this week. Um, so, Regalus. I am. It's a relatively um, spelt cast, actually. Um, Lean is the word, just gonna, I think. yeah, just gonna go through uh, the the four main principles. Um, of course, the cast is led by Peter O'Toole, um, who plays Murphy, who is an Irish uh, aircraft mechanic with the Royal Navy, uh, the uh, the fleet air arm. Uh, and interestingly, for my sort of like research around the film. Originally, Frank Sinatra was was actually attached to play the role, uh, but he turned it down. And then the production company behind the film offered it to Robert Redford, who would have been an interesting choice. Mm. Yeah, it would have been. Um, allegedly, it was also ish, uh, offered to uh, Lee Marvin and Warren Beatty. And I believe Beatty turned it down because he wanted more money, essentially. Marvin's the only one out of them that I think would have done this justice, apart from O'Toole. Well, Yeah, Mar Marvin could have carried it in an interesting way. Like uh, him doing an Irish accent would have been interesting too. Mm. <laughs> would have been good. We'll talk about Peter's Irish accent in in a bit. I'm sure. Was, it's not as better Uh, as his later work I must admit it's not he sounds like Lily Savage at points to me I don't know why it's there's some real lapses into scouts. That's for sure. it does it really does Um, yeah. So obviously, Peter O'Toole, best known for uh, Lawrence of Arabia in 1962, Lord Jim in '65. Knights of the Generals in 67, Power Play in 78, which is a, a film that Rob's that well known mentioned, I like mentioned power a couple play of times. it's good we should Yeah, do it on I know, the show with uh, Donald Pleasance. And, um... Then we got uh, Zulu Dawn in 79 and uh, Hitler Rise of Evil in 2003. And then the last sort of war movie-ish um, movie he appeared in was Troy in 2004. Yeah. Ah, yeah. One of the greats. One of the greats. Um, absolutely. Uh, then we've got Sean Phillips, who plays Dr. Hayden, who is a Quaker doctor who is on the island, and she kind of nurses him back to health. Um, Yeah. she was a Wren extra in The Longest Day. Um, Ooh. she also played uh, Clementine Churchill in um, Winston Churchill, The Wilderness Years in 1981. Nice. Um, and she played uh, Smiley's wife in uh, Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy and Smiley's People. in Very uh, nice. 79 and 82. Um, Philippe Noret uh, plays Louis Brezon, um, who is a, uh, a French, I think, is it, is he a, an oil worker? Or he's, he's some, he's working for some company on the Yeah, island. He's yeah. been there about six years. The company's forgotten He's a bit about of a vagabond, him, more or less. isn't he, really? He's a bit He of a... is, yeah. Um, Yeah. he played Inspector Moran, in uh night of the generals with o'toole in 67 uh he was in old gun in 75 uh 
the Desert of the Tartars in 1976 and Fort Sagan with uh, Gérard Depardieu in uh, 1984. Nice. So he he's a French actor with an incredible career. You know, he's one of yeah. his era's um, most prolific French actors. Uh, mm. Lots of lots of films. They're just a couple that fit within our genre. Um, and then finally, rounding that out, we've got Horst Janssen, um, who plays uh, Commander Lux. Lux? Lux? L-A-U-C-H? Yeah, I think so. Lux. Lux. Yeah. Lux, maybe. German listeners can correct me on that one. Um, he's the German sub-commander. Um, the big bad. He's commanding this marauding U-boat, um, who in the opening scene, machine guns, lots of... Yeah. Um, lots Decimates. Of O'Toole's crew, doesn't he? Um, he was in You Can't Win Them All, which is a film that we're probably going to cover in Mac Month at some point. Yeah, um, yeah. Charlie Bronson. And, the one in the one where um, it's in Greece. That's yes, yeah. that's the one. Is that the one? Uh, then he was also in the Mackenzie Break in 1970, um, and Shouted the Devil, of course, in 76, which we covered a couple of weeks, months ago. Um, he was also in Breakthrough in 1979 and The Last Days of Patton in 1986, which was, of course, the much-needed sequel to the original Patton film. Yeah, we were all crying out for that one, weren't we? Yeah. Didn't it do quite well, though? I, it did, I no. It was, I mean, yeah. George C. Scott returns for yeah. it, and it's not bad. <laughs> that sounds like a threat. George, George C. Scott returns. <laughs> <laughs> As as Patton, that wouldn't be a good thing. Like, you, like no, you, no, he no, really bodies that role. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that rounds out cast. It's as I said, it's a small cast it's this very week. Very lean, isn't it? We've got a couple yeah. of supporting actors in terms of um, Gem and U-boat crew, but they don't have a lot of dialogue. There isn't anyone really um, on the island. It's principally, yeah. it's the two white characters. You get, you get that O'Toole talks to. You get O'Toole's mate. Who turns oh, the, the actual like pilot of the, the, pilot. the aircraft, the, the, yeah. the lieutenant. Yeah, he does. He arrives. He, he's kind of like rescued and tell, tells O'Toole there's a U boat. He's in like two scenes and he's blown up. Yeah. And then he's like shot it's, like. It's shocking. In his bed, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. 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 Like really bad baddies in this one. <laughs> like they do a yeah. lot to make you not like the U boat crew, but they then do. they don't do enough at the same time. Like, it's, I know. It, they, I mean, it's the, weird. The problem with the film is a lot of the characters are, are very hollow. Like there is no um, yeah real body to them. Okay, in, in they're quite hollow in my mind. See, I quite like that about it though. Mm. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um. So production this week. So the film is directed by Peter Yates, four-time Oscar-nominated and BAFTA-winning English director, who cut his teeth as an assistant director in the fifties and sixties, working with some very recognisable names to war movie fans, including Terence Young, Guy Hamilton, and uh, J. Lee Thompson on the guns of Navarone. Um. Supposedly turning down the chance to direct The Godfather to make this movie. Wow. I know, right? Incredible. Um, and uh, on that one, didn't he? Um, <laughs> a little bit. Well, I mean, did he? Because that it's just that's just yeah, maybe. Well, that's, I mean, yes, you know, true. And would the Godfather have been as impactful? Been the same film? If it, would they have had Pacino and Co? If uh, if we if uh, Yates had directed, who knows? Um, but his own directing credits include Robbery, um, the Stanley Baker film about a train robbery, um, a Bullet with Steve McQueen, classic. 
I know. And The Friends of Eddie Coyle, starring Robert Mitchum, which is an absolute fantastic gangster film, crime film from the mid-70s. I absolutely recommend to everyone because Mitchum gives a great performance and it's a great film. It's, it's um, He gets in with gun runners, Matt. You'd like it. There's a lot of 70s mm. firearms in it. Um, nice. It's very, very good. Um, and then he later directed The Deep and the cult classic Krull. So quite a varied career. Um, but, you know, very, very um, consummate professional. Because you, you don't get four Oscar noms for nothing. Um, no. no, the screenplay was by St- uh, Sterling Siliphant, um, who adapted Max Cato's book of the same name that was released in 1969. Uh, Siliphant's works include The Poseidon Adventure um, and Towering Inferno. So no stranger to an adventure film. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, cinematography was by Oscar nominee Douglas Slocum OBE, who famously was the cinematographer on the first three Indiana Jones movies, which is you know amazing. Um, he worked the good ones. Yeah, in in the Second World War, he worked as a cameraman for the Ministry of Information, where he shot footage of the fleet air arm. So it's quite apt for oh, this yeah. one. Yeah, mm. yeah. And he also worked on um, as a uh, as a cinematographer, the Captive Heart, the Lavender Hill Mob. Guns at Batazzi, Italian Job, and Never Say Never Again, amongst others. Nice. What a back catalogue. Um, and yeah, as Matt said, the, the film was originally a vehicle for Frank, for Frank Sinatra when Paramount bought the rights to the book in 1969. Um, and Siliphant said this about working on the film. Our purpose was to make a flat-out statement about the absurdity, the meaningless of war, the meaning, meaninglessness of war, so we went out. So we went for minimal sound, minimal dialogue, a kind of intense fumbling toward death, towards a showdown between enemies who have no further reason for enmity except the blind stupidity and vengefulness of Petro Tall's character. Disagree. Fair enough. <laughs> the U boat was uh, played by a Venezuelan submarine, uh, former USS Tallfish. Do you mind? That's cast. I could. I... <laughs> I, I thought I'd catch you out there. <laughs> and um and the amphibious plane was played by a grunman duck which was filling in for possibly a a fairy sea fox but i wasn't mm. like wasn't too sure what ship was, was sunk so i couldn't really was, work um, out what it would was be. the plane and the and the, and the u-boat in any other films no they weren't no it's, oh, okay you know they one one a, hit one got yeah. them okay yeah they got their sag membership did this movie and they dipped yeah. you know fair enough fair enough yeah they're, they're in the uh the retirement home for uh, war movie vehicles, <laughs> along with all the wooden Shermans for a bridge too far, um, <laughs> sitting on the front porch. Um, the film was <laughs> filmed in early 1970 in Venezuela and Malta um, and at Pinewood Studios and Twickenham Studios. The budget was five million. I can't find the box office take, take this week, but the film was reported to be a, quite a big box office bomb. And interestingly, yeah. it was it was roadshowed in the UK about a week after, um, which isn't something a, a general release gets. Usually it was roadshowing a movie was done whiles are, like a, quite a while after back then, I think. So mm, weird, weird marketing. Um, it was released in the UK on January 15th, 1971 and July 1st in the US. And our retro review this week comes from Roger Ebert again, July 29th, 1971. And I'll read you a little extract. Murphy's War is an ambitious attempt at a thoughtful action movie, but its thought and action don't connect very well. And the ending is as unsatisfactory as it is inevitable. 
Apart from the flying sequences, then the movie exists solely on the level of Murphy's fanatic compulsion to sink that sub. It's possible, I suppose, that the sub deserves sinking, but all of the deaths it's responsible for are legitimate wartime killings, so there aren't any atrocities. Then too, by the time Murphy has his way, the war is over, so we're left with an expensively mounted movie, potentially a good one, that doesn't seem to know what to make of itself. Holy shit, Roger. I don't think machine gunning survivors <laughs> is a is a legitimate thing to do in war. I, I, like, I think the, get your the Geneva Convention kind of kind of frowns <laughs> upon like shooting unarmed combatants. Roger in the cinema like being, <laughs> yeah, it's legitimized this war, you know. Like... <laughs> he was a like, yeah, right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, Big but bad. I mean otherwise, otherwise a good review. No, it's honest. yeah. Not a bad one again from the you know, one of the all time great reviewers. And what did you guys think? Uh, the retro review was back with a bomb, uh, with a plum, and we had a nice little roundup of W uh, of OWRs. So AD Bond goes with Survivor, Brian Williams Obsession, uh, Bill nineteen forty medal campaign underrated, Barry Frank good, Light Fingered Fred goes with <laughs> this is a fucking classic. Sorry, that was too many words. <laughs> Ash Brown says Amma's Duck. Like as in amazing duck. Um, Austin J. Ruddy goes with sad. Daz W. Camouflage. Uh, Stephen Adcock, airworthy. Pete the Paint, torpedo. And Steve Metcalf ends this week with O'Toole Tastic. Some good ones. Yeah, some very good ones. I think this movie's a little bit underrated. I'll go with it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Mm. So there we go. I think we're into the alley tally. I think we are. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh. It's time for Ali Tally on Fighting on Film. Matt, since you're back from Las Vegas, Ali Tally is yours. As a treat. Um... Oh, thanks, mate. Um, well, as you say, the the U boat is represented by uh, a um, former U.S. Navy. We played by. Don't take away. It's only credit. Played by. Sorry, it's portrayed. Yeah. Um, by the renowned thespian USS Tilefish, um, who at that point had uh, moved to Venezuela and become uh, ARV Carit S eleven. Uh, an illustrious career. Yeah, he uh, had to do that for the SAG membership. It, it was there was right? another yeah, submarine well, called Tilefish that had exactly, that name. Exactly. So um, he needed to 
Juicy <laughs> Upper Bin for the name. stage. Yeah, new, the new stage name. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean that was pretty cool seeing seeing that. Uh, it's mocked up to like a, I think like a Type Nine U boat or some sort. It's very imposing. It does what it needs to do. It does. I yeah, do it, it's it. you know the conning towers quite tall and they mounted a nice twin mount MG thirty four yeah. on there. Yeah. And there's I think, a couple of Alcans. Um I always appreciate also, a movie when it it makes a just makes a vehicle seem menacing. Like yeah, I, I appreciate no, it's a skill. That, that is a skill when that happens. Yeah, mm. and I do feel like, um, well, how's Murphy gonna knock this U boat out on his own? Right, because it's a big fucker. Right. You know, mm. <laughs> like it's his only way I can put it. Um. <laughs> uh, the floating crane was a World War Two um, landing craft tank. Yeah, um, really cool. That. Nice. Yeah, yeah, nice. I like that. Um, probably the most screen time a uh, landing craft tank has had, yeah, ever. Um, and that's that kind probably of... true, actually. Yeah, it is. I've got to be, hasn't true. it? Um, and it, that kind of uh, it's Louis, Louis's house. Maybe up until maybe before the Great Escaper, it's probably that. This mm. and that. Yeah. Um, what else is in there? I, I just like the fact that when the landing party landed, they they were all like properly equipped, which I'm sure. Yeah. You'll mention because you mentioned it while you were watching. You're like, oh my god, <laughs> I did. Is it that's in the fourth chat? Just, I'll let oh, you talk about that in a second. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, the it's only the thing I was going to point even out, like that deep. No, no, they they just like, kind of like land and kill everyone, yeah. then go. Yeah. Which is yeah. they're so evil in that scene. They are. They really are. Um, <laughs> they're commando book baddies in that scene, and that's why I like it. The um the. The duck is apparently, according to some of the um, commentary I saw online, is painted with a very early roundel for the oh, fleet air arm. Nice. The the color of it is very like a very dark late war, um, mm. a very late war color scheme. Interesting um, that they've gone for, um, which I thought was quite interesting. It played and also know, the, the, the duck played that the role of the fairy sword, as fairy. Um, Sea fox, very sea well. Sea fox, yes. You, you would oh, be hard absolutely. pressed to notice it looked nothing like a very sea fox. <laughs> so, in the role. so much yeah. is the acting ability of the of yes. the Grunman duck. <laughs> I mean, it's a tragedy that its acting career never continued. I know, um, but I believe it does survive at a um, uh, an American air museum. Oh, good. That's, Hopefully, that's good. it'll get a it'll get a lifetime Oscar nomination this year. It re- I mean, at the very least, you know, like an Emmy or something. Who knows? Yeah, um, for sure. For sure. Imagine um, dragging out a run under the Oscars. <laughs> it's just putting the mic up to it. It's just nothing. Cut to commercial. It starts its engine. Um, yeah. Moving away from this surrealist. Tallfish gets up and slaps it. <laughs> um, uh, O'Toole wears... A, uh, a pretty cool little boiler suit for most of the film. I with, love it. Um, it's great. Royal Navy. He's like rating patch is the yeah. uh, air mechanic engines. So it's got yeah. like the, the propeller and the E on it, which mm. is pretty cool. Um, that, that's about all I have. Oh, fair enough. So so jumping off of um, O'Toole's jumpsuit thing that he's got on, mechanics boiler suit, um, mm. I shout out to his pumps. His like 70s sort of conversely looking pumps. They are taking absolute battering in the movie. Like I was like, <laughs> Peter Rotor was like, I want to be comfy. Don't want no boots, please. I want to be comfy. Thank you. And like, I just loved it. It was great. Added a lot to the character. Like he, he's meant to be this sort of oh God. raggedy guy. Right. What, what do you mean to my God? 
touching here. Like, oh, yeah, it really adds depth to, no, his, to his character. I think it does because he's meant to be this like no nonsense tough bloke, and I think he would dress like that. Like, I, okay. I like okay. the characterization. Fair enough. You, Fair Matt, enough. learning today that you can characterize people through the <laughs> through their costumes. What it's fucking there for? Right. <laughs> I didn't get a drama performance and theatre arts degree for nothing, Matt. Come on. Um, yes, the pumps are great. Yeah, there they are. I like them. It's I wasn't I wasn't expecting to see him, so I thought he'd be wearing boots, but I was like, oh, I like I think it's, it's cool. Anyway. Um the Crease Marine, as Matt said. True highlight. Um, have the right pouches um for the sailors with the K98Ks. They've got like a leather boxy type pouches mm-hmm. and the ones with the mp40s have the mp40 stick mag pouches and i think for a blooming long time like it's the first time we've seen lads like with the right belt kit on in a 70s war film like it's a hell of a long time since i think we've had it on the show not in terms of like movies obviously there are some that get it right but i just it was really it blew me away for like Kriegsmarine in a in a in a movie that really wouldn't have mattered if they just had belts or not even belts at all, just carrying rifles. It yeah. was just, it was just nice to yeah. see. No, that's true. You know, someone somewhere did care about the, you know, the costume department clearly did care did. about getting it right. Um, they were like, we've really... nailed it with O'Toole's Converse. Yeah. Now, now we're going to knock it out of the park with some correct belt kit. Oh yeah. The <laughs> Robbie's impressed. Wait till he sees the, wait till he sees the scene when they, we're gonna... Someone's <laughs> going to finally appreciate this in about 40 years' time on a podcast. Podcast is, is like a radio program, but it's on the internet. <laughs> What's the internet? The internet, well. Christ. We are being very surrealist today. We okay. very much are. Moving on. Um, so it's all really nice. Another thing that I think really helped the sort of... Um, what's the word like the world building of the movie because mm. you're so far removed from the war you're not actually in a war zone you're yeah. in a you're in some random island that, that the ship's just got sunk off of it's it's sort of just all you know sort of happening around it's like it. equatorial south yeah. america isn't yeah exactly it? yeah um Area. so one it was nice to see that you know the acknowledgement of the fact they are the navy were out in that area mm-hmm. um which was nice um, but then also really nice to hear Chester Wilmot's war reporting later in the in, in the movie, because yeah. I felt that really grounded things. Because it's saying that the war's over, so the war's over, but also reminding you that it's a world war. Mm. You know, like the movie isn't the movie might be here, but there is this massive thing going on that's affected everyone. But so far she away, she had some cracking crystals to pick that up, didn't she? Well, she did. Yeah, yeah. The lads at Market Garden would have been screaming out for them. <laughs> they went to Venezuela. Oh dear, I seem to have sent the crystals from Market Garden to Venezuela. Oh dear. <laughs> oh well, can't stop now. Let's get in my Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> um and the line about um hope I'm not stealing it from you for um Ali Tally. But the line about him making bombs with his dad. That oh line yeah, is... yeah. Um the the line itself, it that's actually one of my favourite scenes. Um, no, we'll leave it. By, we'll watching, leave it we'll just, we'll by leave watching, by watching my daddy make them for a noble cause. Amazing line was quite the it adds uh, quite so the much line. depth to the character. That does add a good bit of depth, actually. Yeah, yeah it's one of the it few does. scenes that does. Yeah, it really does. Um, and everything's quite to just round off my early telly this week. Everything's quite commando booky for me. It's quite valiant, like annual. It it it's bit boy's own. Like it, it feels like a very straight 
commando type plot. Man blown yeah. up at sea. Man wants mm-hmm. revenge, and I yes. and I appreciate it for that. So let's let's get into favorite scenes. Hello there. Sorry to interrupt. I wanted to let you know that you can now join our supporting cast over on Patreon. As thanks for your support, you'll be able to help us pick films, submit questions for guests, have first pick on brand new and exclusive merch, and much more. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. The floor is yours, Matt, because we, we I nicked your part of yours. No, no, not at all. Yeah, I, I, I like that scene where he decides he's going to try and destroy the uh, the the U-boat because the U-boat is essentially it's hiding uh, in a river inlet where it's not expected to be. And it's probably heading out of that river and raiding commerce and then hiding yeah. back in the river um, is the is the essential what it's kind of like hinted at, I think. And he um, he uh, kind of finds the duck after um, the flying officer um, is is rescued and he tells him it's up the river, go find it. And he, go, he goes and finds it and he... Um, gets it back into working order and then it he does that reconnaissance flight where he discovers the u-boat in the river confirms its location and then he has to work out how he's going to destroy it because i get the feel from the dialogue and you know the the way the film structures it that there are no other royal navy units there's nothing else in the yeah. area that could possibly stop they're it. that remote um, you know yeah and yeah. i guess by that kind of the war you could theorize that in the you know in the terms of the movie, well, everyone's gone this way because the war's going over, so everyone's sort of pulled back. Maybe mm-hmm. you know it's like a it works. Yeah, um, and then they 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 work out what they're going to do to make a bomb. So they gather up some big glass jugs and fill them with petrol. And then they break into one of the um, Louis sheds, which is owned by the company. To um, I think he I think he says the company uses it to. Um, cap wellheads that are on fire yeah or put out wellhead fires so i assume it's an oil company thing and they you know they strap those to the bottle and then there's a cool little uh, shot of them melting cordite from um some of the the belted ammunition that's in the back of the duck um it doesn't have an armament does it it's like the gun's been yeah it it looks i mean a real duck would have had a 30 cal in the rear yeah i'm not entirely sure what a sea fox would have had I'm not um, sure. But in the film, it looks like it's an aerial Lewis gun that's in the back and it's damaged. And he, yeah. O'Toole kind of like looks at it when he climbs onto the, the aircraft and he's like, that's, that's knackered. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, so they, Which, they he, he takes. Yeah. Go on. No, it's fine. No, no, no. So he takes the, the ammunition, he melts the cordite down um, to, to make a fuse. And they, they sort of like test the fuses by, you know, seeing. How many seconds they burn for, and that's all quite cool because you know, it's a very A team, isn't it? Yeah, there just wasn't any montage music over it. Thankfully. No, that's, well, there was so a little was a... bit of like jazzy type. Oh there? yeah, so the, on the on the phonograph, yeah, yeah, mm. on the on the on the um the record player. Um, but yeah, yeah, it has that. You know, uh, Louis tends to him and says, you know, how did you learn to make bombs? And he says, uh, by watching me daddy make them for a noble cause um really in his very broken irish accent very broken christ yeah he it it dips it at the start of the movie it really dips in and out but then by the by the midpoint i think they must have shot that later because he he does hold it a lot longer but the the first few (laughs) scenes he he, he got me me and my wife were watching it we had scouse 
Lily Savage and like like sort of north, just generic northern in and out. Yes, yes. Absolutely. It was very bizarre. I, think I don't this... know what part of Ireland he was going for. <laughs> I'm going to guess Southern Ireland, generally. Um, like a malaise yeah, of Irish. I think so. It must Southern have been where his dad, where O'Toole's dad had come from, because his dad was Irish, wasn't he? Perhaps. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, or he um, was just doing his best. Because isn't this the second or first time he actually does an Irish accent in a movie? I think, it's, I think it is the first time he does one, yeah. Right. Yeah, um, it, it shows. You know, he, he does it far better in later films. Uh, yeah, he does. But, but by the end of the movie, it's fine. Like, so I think maybe he's working. Well, he on says it. so little throughout the film. It's you know, yeah. all he all he says is like Mrs. Jesus, <laughs> bastards. Yeah, that's all. That, that's ninety percent of his dialogue right there. And he shouts he half of it as well. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's great um, in it. Like I love. He's just playing this manic nutter. He wants to blow yeah. a U boat up. It's that's all you need. You know. True. What about you? What's your favourite scene? Uh, my favourite scene is right near the end. Um, well, it is the end. Not right mm. near the end. It is the end. So Murphy's finally got this U-boat where he wants him. So he's had the failed attempt with the the made the made you know, rigged bomb release yes. thing on the Grunman. Sorry, the du- yep. the, 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 the duck. Can you can you get the actor's bu- name correct, please? <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, Mister Grunman. Um, so he's done that and it failed. But he, he managed to like sort of hit near it, but not actually the mm, boat itself because mm. it, it's got the anti-aircraft guns on it. He can't can't get too close. I mean, it's a wonder he got even near it. To be honest, oh yeah, you're lighting great. a fuse while flying a plane that you you know you can't actually fly yeah. a plane, but you're flying. Oh, all did all his own stunts. He flew that plane. He did. He dropped those bombs. <laughs> it's incredible. And he said, "If you want to see, if you want to see real, acting, you want, not if you want to see real <laughs> terror, not acting. Watch. <laughs> if you want to see scene. Peter O'Toole learn to fly a Grumman Duck." In real time, oh, while, while smoking the fattest cigarette you've ever seen, <laughs> it's fantastic. I think that cigarette was there for actually calming his nerves, not for the character. Um, it's fantastic. So he's he's done that, and it didn't go very well. And he gets um his mate's barge. You know, asks him, "Who's the barge you've got still running?" And he's he goes, a yeah, passive yeah. character, Louis. He's like, he's, "Yeah, go oh, he's just he's just there to so say yes like, or no." Yeah. Doctors there shouting, "Don't, don't, don't let help over. him launch!" Oh. Louis yeah. and Louis like, "Okay, no," I, and then he does, and then yeah. he's like, "Why do you want my house?" And he's like, "I want to ram it into a U boat." And he's like, "Okay." But then, but, but then Louis does leave. He has a moment of clarity he where he's like, "This is nuts. This is insane." It's yeah. where he's trying to get him to haul the torpedo up onto the crane so we can drop it on the sub that's beached. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Finally, like, got him where he wants him. So he he gets there and he, by this point he's just a manic figure, like working on adrenaline and one track, no, you know, single mindedness. He isn't thinking properly. It's he just wants revenge for his mates that died um and got, got gunned down in the water. Mm-hmm. So he finally drops the torpedo on top, and you get this really tense scene where before that, where he's looking to see if there's an air bubble, is the sub still there? Is it moved? Oh god. Finally comes up, lets the torpedo go get a huge explosion and then as he's trying to run away the crane falls back and stops yeah. him and, and traps twice. him twice yeah so did you notice that yeah falls on him twice the, the cut the cut isn't great i must admit yeah yeah but it's fine um i suspended belief by this point now don't worry yeah no totally yeah. like so he gets dragged down with the with the landing craft barge and dies mm. 
and that's your film. That's the end of the final film. words of Jesus. Yeah, literally, just like, shouts Jesus. And I thought it was great because it's it's exactly kind of where you it's you're at. Sorry, it's come full circle. You are mm. you are where you started. So you start with men being dragged under the water, killed, dead at sea. You end with that. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a really great circular arc. I thought it was fat. Yeah. It was great. I think and him getting away Not with bad. it for me wouldn't have been good. It wouldn't have been nice. Well, apparently in the novel he did. Yeah, in the novel he did. Mm. So obviously, you know, Silophant did have rewrites, um, not 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 a straight adaptation. And I think it works with what Sycophant was trying to say that, you know, war is isn't nice. Um mm. and it's a bittersweet ending in in terms of Yes, he gets. He doesn't live to see another day, but I think it would have been worse if he'd have got away with it because the war is over. Like, yes, these men have committed crimes and stuff, but you witnessed it. So if you wanted to get them just desserts, you could have taken it to your superiors and said, look, I saw a U-boat crew gun my men down in the water. You know, they also killed a man in in a in a in a um in a ward, I have witnesses. You know, like it, it. There's more going on there. Shot up an entire town of, of <laughs> absolutely levelled a town. Yeah, but yeah. it's 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 very um, it's just sort of it's just grim, and I and I just, I appreciate that about it. So I think we're mm. we're getting into final thoughts, aren't we? Here, really, I think so. So, Matt, what did you think of Murphy's War this week? Some good flying and acrobatic sequences, although I don't know how believable it is that, you know, O'Toole's character would be able to learn how to fly a plane and then celebrate discovering the U-boat by doing a complex series of loops and barrel rolls. Um, I mean, I assume he just picked it up. Yeah, no, he's he's a natural pilot. Natural. It, yeah. It's innate within him. He was born that way. He just has the skill. Um, and then he struggles to land it. But, you know, anyway... Um, those sequences are great, and yeah, they are. It, it, it's you know probably the the best uh, look at a Grumman J two oh, yeah. book that you'll get in mm. in cinema, uh, um, and that's kind of cool. I think uh, the fact that it's a biplane, seaplane, that's pretty. It is, yeah. That's very good. reminiscent of um, Shout of the Devil, that flying sequence. Oh well, I mean, if we're if we're talking about um, influences. I get massive Africa Queen vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout yeah, the yeah. devil. Um, there's a little bit of heaven knows Mr. Allison when he's talking to Ooh, the, yeah. the the doctor. Yeah, um, yeah. And then it's literally it's a solid like Moby Dick remake when it comes to the revenge aspect of it. Yeah, that's a really good way of summing it up. He's he's yeah. Captain Ahab and he really wants to get that whale. Um, and and this this time the whale has Orkins. Um, yeah, and. and and it works. I mean, as as a as a concept, it certainly does work. And we've seen it before in different forms, but it is a revenge picture. And you can see why he wants that revenge. Um, I just don't feel like they... I don't feel like O'Toole and the characters sell the need for that revenge. He doesn't talk about it throughout the film enough for me. Right. If he'd had a couple of sequences where, you know, he, he talked a little bit more about the crew or even the flying officer that was you know, mm. murdered in his bed... Um, just a little bit more, you know. Brought he does bring some of that energy that you know famously has in um, Lawrence of Arabia, where he has that manic um, disconnectedness. Yeah. Um, he does bring a little bit of that to to Murphy's um, War in, in some of those scenes. But for me, it feels relatively flat in a lot of places where it just goes from A to B and doesn't really convey 
the depths of the desire for revenge right, that you'd okay. expect because he's we can see that he's really going for you know he wants he wants revenge for all those mm. men he saw killed and that makes complete sense for, for the character but there's just it just feels a little bit flat and doesn't quite um sort of like emote why he's so desperate for that right and he has you. sort of jovial moments where it kind of undermines that drive for revenge um a little bit for me um and i i feel like the characters are just don't have enough to do at times i know that the doctor's there to be the moral conscience she's the quaker literally and she's there saying don't you know don't do this the war's over or don't do this you don't need to stoop to their level that mm. kind of thing um and that makes sense but we don't know why she wants to be like that we, we haven't like got any of her backstory to explain why she's a quaker doctor on this island alone you know with this community mm. um i'm probably thinking a little bit too much into it for her character we get a little bit more for for louis character yeah. you know he's a lonely man he's been on this island for six and a half years we find out a fair amount about his backstory mm. um and that gives that weight that scene at the end where he, he decides i'm not going to help you anymore and he, he you know jumps off the boat and walks away that gives that moment where he walks away and says, we're both lonely men um, and history will yeah. remember us. The only difference between you and I is I, I know that. Yeah, it's a great um, line to go out on. It, it's a really good line, but at the same time, the fact that we haven't seen uh, O'Toole's character cemented in the fact that he has some sort of delusion of grandeur or that he has a you know this burning desire for uh, revenge kind of, doesn't it the line doesn't hit as hard as it could right, okay see i'm i'm opposite you this week so i'm mm -hmm. i enjoyed it for what it is i think i, I didn't i didn't know I, I get what you mean i didn't dislike yeah, the yeah. film i um, just thought you've got more problems with it than i have could have I lifted think. it ever, ever so slightly yeah to, you know see i really like the fact that it's this lean all a plot no mm -hmm. all killer no filler type thing oh yeah if they'd done like a weird like romantic subplot yeah, with the doctor that, that would have that would and i like the fact early on he sort of just you know doesn't off. it doesn't yeah. happen you know he sort of just pushes her away like it, it, there is no chemistry but no. you know the movie no. could have forced it you know a, 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 a lesser sort of screenwriter would have forced something in there mm. i think even if it was or wasn't in the book um i don't think it is um but I don't know. I really liked it. I just, I really resonated with O'Toole's character. Like that ship was, I feel like that ship was all he had. You know, he had, he put all his effort mm. into doing what he did on the ship because, you know, maybe life at home wasn't good enough, good or the Royal Navy helped him get out of a bad place, perhaps. Um, or just what he'd done on the ship during the war had really sort of. He was, he was born in southern, somewhere in Ireland and he was made, he in, was the made in the Royal Navy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. But like it, great look, great use of that, by the way. The MOD checks in the post. I don't know. I just really resonate with him. I'm like, it's all you've got, mate, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Like I felt, felt sorry for him, like in a, in a way, or else like you think this is what you need to do. Well, you don't need to do it. You could just chill on the island till the end of the war. But no, you you can't let it go. And it's like a dog with a bone. No, it's, like, it, it, it's that his, Moby Dick yeah, sort of drive for go. revenge, isn't it? I really like that, and I kind of like the fact where at the end. His mate saying to him, you know, you're not going to be remembered for this. And I think Murphy knows that. And I think he's absolutely fine with it. He just wants to do it for personal reasons. Yeah, he just and wants I, the revenge, doesn't he? Just wants his mate, just wants his mates to be re retribution for his friends. And I really like I enjoyed that. 
I think it's it was nice that it it wasn't um it wasn't overdone. Like he could have really gone over the top with the character, and I think I would have started to be annoyed by him. But because I th- sort of enjoyed how O'Toole was doing it, and the dialogue wasn't yeah. too heavy on it, I, it it really Absolutely. worked yeah. for me. Oh yeah, the the characterization could have gone too far with it. Mm. Certainly, mm. I, I and the fact there, but... as well that the the the, the Marine, you know, the, the baddies in this are mm. bloody bad. <laughs> like, yeah. so the the movie does give you reasons to not want them to to be around. Um, you can certainly see why he wants revenge. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's justified so not, in that drive. Yeah, yeah they for shoot revenge. up the town. They kill. They kill people in their beds. Like they are typical, like commando book, big bad, big bad men. No, I just I, I thought it was absolutely a solid picture. You know, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it. No, and thanks to the patrons for picking it. Um, but I think it's interesting when you and me don't see eye to eye because it does rarely happen. I think. I don't disagree with your points and I I just no, mine, kind of wanted either, a little yeah. more and it would okay. have elevated it. I think perhaps That's interesting because a lot of the re- lot of the retro reviews that I didn't pick, they said that. They thought mm. it was lacking. I mean perhaps it would be a more um revered um, more mem- more more remembered film if if perhaps there was a little more characterization. But again, as you say, it could have easily gone too far. And you can read in I mean the subtlety of O'Toole's performance, you can read in once mm. you get past the accent, you can read in yeah. some of his, it, you know, his subtext. It, it would have been fine with him just being from Leeds, like Total right. was. Yeah, you know, just, like just... it would have been fine. So that was Murphy's War, nineteen seventy-one. I think the consensus was Matt wanted a little more from it. I was absolutely fine with it. But sometimes, pretty much. Sometimes it's just like that on the show. <laughs> so please do uh, follow along with Masters of the Air, our review series. If you're uh, watching. Um, if yes, you haven't watched dropping it, at the same time as the episodes as they come out, watch along with us in essence. Mm, mm. And if you're still with us, next week we have a very, very special guest on the show. We have none other than legendary military advisor Dale Dye coming on the show for his second appearance on Fighting yeah, on Film. Mm, good. So, so excited. We're going to be talking Masters of the Air, maybe a few other, th- other things as well. You never know. So, do come back and listen to us for that one. So, all it's left to say is follow us on the socials X, Facebook, Instagram, whatever you like. Um, give us a follow, give us a review, and thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next week. Bye, guys. Bye bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.